Hey Rebel, welcome to Untoxify Your Relationship. Here we will talk about all things healthy and how to get that toxic mess out of you and your partnership. I'm your host, Melissa Webb, a practicing licensed mental health therapist with 10 years experience. I've been on a journey encouraging women to throw the middle finger up at society and to become a rebel, to go against the grain of who and what you are supposed to be and grow into what God has created you to be. And I do this by teaching them skills to cultivate stronger relationships through healthy theology and mental health practices. All right, let's go ahead and hop into it. Hey everyone, this is episode two and we're gonna talk about where is your focus. Let's go back to 2014 when I was a new therapist, was a therapist at a school and I was very new, very green, very just straight out of school, passed the test and here I am. It was 12 therapists and I was the only black therapist. Now, love my colleagues. I thought they were great. Still think they're great. Still talk to them to this day. But, you know, being a black woman in a very white environment is intimidating. I found it intimidating back in 2014. I kind of started thinking that I can't do it like them. The clinicians that was there, most of them had been there like three years plus, you know, already fully licensed. I was provisional, you know, straight out of school. And I was just like, I can't do it like them. I'm not, I'm not good like them. I would never be as good as them. And I started focusing on the clinicians, the other clinicians. I was focusing on their skills, focusing on how long they've been therapists instead of focusing on me and my skills. Like I, at the end of the day, I, I was a teacher in my former life. So it's not like I have never worked with kids. I've never been in a school environment. I knew a lot of things that the other therapists didn't know, but I still discounted my abilities and my talents and my strength. So today we're going to talk about what you focus on. You will ultimately put your faith in. So for me, I was literally putting my faith in comparison. I was putting my faith in imposter syndrome. So for the first six months, I struggled. I struggled so much. Like the struggle was real. All because I didn't put my faith in my talents and abilities and, you know, put my faith in a God that can help me. So we're going to talk more about this. We're going to do a psychology, theology mix up. That's what I like to call it, the the psycho-theology mix-up. And we're going to talk about the Bible. We're going to throw some psychology in there. We're going to try to make sense of um, this whole what you focus on is what you put your faith in. My hope for you after this is if before you focus on a lot of negative things, that my hope is that after this podcast that you will focus on some positive things and focus on the one who can help you with um, whatever it is that you're going through. So let's get into it. I'm so geeked out right now. Y'all just don't know. (laughs) In cognitive behavioral therapy, there's this tool called the circle of control. It's two circles. It's one big circle and then it's a smaller circle on the inside. If you Google circle of control, you will find this. On the outside circle is everything that you cannot control. So that can be the weather, traffic, life, (laughs) right? And on the inside circle, it's everything that is 
in your control. So that's whether or not you want to pay your bills, if you want to get up in the morning, if you want to go to work, if you decide to bathe, if you want to cook or go to Chick-fil-A, that is everything that's in your control. If you look at it, it looks like a glazed donut. If y'all can't tell, I'm a little hungry because I'm over here talking about food. So I've taken that same concept of um, the circle of control and I've turned it into a psychotheology illustration. So think of three lanes on a street, like a three lane highway. In the middle lane is your lane. So that's everything you can focus on in your lane. So that is, again, whether or not you want to cook or you want to go Chick-fil-A, you want to spend all your money on Chick-fil-A, even though you know you ain't got no money on Chick-fil-A <laughs> for Chick-fil-A. Um, you, that's everything that's in your control. Um, and then on the two outside lanes, that is what I like to call God's lane. God has two lanes. You got one. So on the outside lanes, that is everything that is outside of your control. Traffic, weather, life, your boss, your partner, your best friend, your mom, your dad, your baby, two-year-old, because my two-year-old is a terrorist right now. <laughs> I'm terrorizing my life. In those outside lanes is what is in God's control. What we end up doing is focusing on things that are not in our control. So if I'm driving down the highway and I'm in my middle lane, I'm trying to stay in my lane, but I'm focused on the lane next to me and I'm not paying attention because my focus is so much on this other lane. And let's say traffic comes to a complete stop. I'm going to be in someone's back seat because I'm not paying attention to my lane where I need to break. And if I don't break, I'm going to be in someone's back seat. Other thing I see people doing is swerving in and out of lanes. We've all seen that one person on the highway swerving in and out of lanes. You know, they always got the raggedy car. They got the temp tags and the front part of their car missing. <laughs> but they feel like they can swerve in and out of lanes. And what can happen and what usually happens when people do this, when they swerve in and out of lanes, they cause panic. Uh, they can have an accident, you know, they can hurt themselves, they can hurt other people, they can crash, they may get a ticket, you know, the cops can pull them over. A lot of different things can happen when you swerve in and out of, out of lanes. It causes a lot of destruction. So when we as humans swerve in and out of my lane to God lane, to my lane to God lane and back and forth, we can cause a lot of destruction. We can cause a lot of anxiety. We can hurt other people with our decisions to try to control people and manipulate situations. We can do a lot of damage, unnecessary damage really, because if we just stay in our lane, we good. Control is an illusion. We cannot control everything. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Bible tells us not to, to try not to control everything. And we gonna get into that a little bit later. But when it comes to swerving, that's what happens. We're going to look at two stories in the Bible in the New Testament of people having their focus in different things. And we're going to see what happened in both these stories. So in Luke chapter 8, verse 22 to 25, this is um, when Jesus told the disciples, let's cross the, cross the lake to go to the other side. And so they got in the boat and then a storm came. Uh, Jesus was at the bottom of the boat, chilling, sleep on the pillow, taking a nap. 
this fierce storm, storm came and the boat was filling up with water and disciples were scared and they went downstairs saying, master, master, we're going to drown. Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind and the raging wind, uh, waves and suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then Jesus asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed and they said, who is this man? They asked each other when he gives a command, even the wind and waves obey him. Where was the disciples focus? Obviously it was in them drowning and their focus was on the storm, right? And their focus was not on the one who obviously calmed the storm and was chilling, sleep on the pillow. The disciples was in God's lane. What I like about the story is that God gave them a promise of like, hey, let's cross and go to the other side of the lake. He let them know, like, we're going to get to the other side. This storm that came, because, you know, storms in life going to come. Storms going to be storming. They're going to be winding. They're going to be raining <laughs> and all the things that's going to happen with storms. What I get from the story is, like, not to focus on the storm, but to focus on the one who can calm the storm. And then the second story we have, literally a couple of chapters or a couple of verses down. So they, got, they crossed the other side. Jesus heals a man who's possessed. They go back to the other side of the lake. And now we meet a woman who um, has an issue of blood. Um, She don't even have a name. Her name is the woman with the issue of blood. That's what we call her. She had this issue for 12 years and she's unclean and she knows Jesus is coming through and it's a crowd. And she's like, you know what? If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. So this lady pushed her way through the crowd and was able to touch Jesus's clothes and she was healed. What was the woman's focus? The woman was focusing so much on like, I just want to touch this man's clothes and I know that I will be healed. She was focused on what she could control. Now she could have stayed away because she was unclean. She's not supposed to touch people and all of that. But she said, forget all that. I need this healing because she done spent all her money on trying to get healed. And she knew the only person that could heal her was Jesus. I'm sure she's heard all the stories because he's been in ministry for a while and doing healing and he fed 5,000 and he's, he's doing what he's, Jesus is Jesus in, right? <laughs> he's doing what he's doing. And I'm sure she heard the stories and she was like, if I can just touch this man's clothes, I can get healed. She focused on what she could control and she focused on the one who can heal her, right? Cause that all that, well, her healing was in someone else's hands at that point. And so she focused on the one who could heal her and she focused on getting through that crowd and making her way through it. Okay, so now you're like, okay, Melissa, I want to stay in my lane. I'll just tell me how to stay in my lane. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm gonna give you five ways on um, how to shift your focus from things that are outside of your control to shifting your focus on things that are in your control. Because th- this would be great for any relationship since this pod is about untoxifying your relationships. This would be great because we know we can't control people. People are gonna make their own decisions and it just it is what it is. If you focus on you, you will be able to 
you know, rock that relationship like no other. Here are five things that will help you to shift your focus. So the first one is focus on what you can control. We can't control everything. I have to tell myself this all the time because I am a fixer. Who would ever think a therapist that is a fixer? Uh, you're like, this is what you do. This is this is your career. You fix people. Technically, I don't fix people. I guide people to their healing. <laughs> However, it sometimes even in in therapy, I want to fix. I just want to tell people like, just don't do it. Just stop dating this man. He's horrible, right? But I can't do that because that's unethical. However, I am a fixer and some, and I do try to fix things. And I have to remind myself that I gotta leave stuff alone. I can't fix everything. And I have to have faith in God to do 95% of the fixing. The only thing I can fix is me. And I can't even fix all of me because I gotta have God to fix me as well. <laughs> so really, I gotta rely on God to do 100% of the fixing, not even 95. When I stay in my lane, when I stay in that inner circle, so to speak, there's peace. There's peace there. And it also shows God like, hey, I trust you. I trust you with the things that I can't control. I even trust you with the things that I can control. You are Lord of my life and I have to put my faith in you in order to move forward. So number two, focus on the one who can control everything. Like in the story, the disciples lost their focus and they end up focusing on the storm instead of um, choosing to focus on Jesus who was literally sleep <laughs> on a pillow. If Jesus sleep on a pillow and he chilling, I, I would think that I would be chill, but also we're humans and here we are. We know God is in control. He's in control of everything and we have to let him be in control. We got to let God be God. God is God over our lives. We are not over our lives. That is self-righteousness. And once we realize like, yo, I have to let God lead me and guide me and I have to put my faith in him and trust him. Then that's when, you know, again, we discover that peace. We got to stay out of his lane. I always think of this, like whenever we get in his lane, it's almost like we cut him off. Like that person in traffic who cuts you off and you get mad. You're like, why you cut me off, bruh? And then they start going slow. Then you really mad. Maybe it's just me. I got a little bit of road rage. Lord's still working on me. However, when that person cuts you off in traffic, it's annoying <laughs> because now you're like, I can't do what I was doing in my lane because you just cut me off. I don't know if God feels the same way. I know he has way more compassion than me. We do cut off God when we get in his lane and we hold him back when we do cut him off. And so he's like, I'm waiting on you to move so I can do what I do. I can't guide if you in the way. One thing that helps me is the serenity prayer with one and two, right? And I know we, 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 we recite this prayer, but we don't even read the whole thing. Like it's I didn't even know it was more to serenity to the serenity prayer until I looked it up. So it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And here's the part that I didn't even know exists. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did, the simple world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. So that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Beautiful prayer. It basically said, help me. <laughs>
<laughs> help me. Help me to take things one day at a time and to accept hardship because this is going to lead me to you and understand you and to get to know you better. Number three, focus on the promises of God. God made a promise to the disciples. He said, let's cross to the other side of the lake. That was a promise. With Abraham and Sarah, he told Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. That was a promise. He promised Sarah, you're going to have this, by this time next year, you're going to have a child. Other promises God has made throughout the Bible. By my stripes, you are healed. Um, all things work together for the good. Romans 8, 28. The Lord will fight for you. Exodus 14 and 14. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then in Philippians 4 and 6, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. These are promises. And we know God does not lie because it's biblical. In Hebrews 6, 17, it says, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. God ain't lying. Okay, he is not a man. He is not your man who be lying to you <laughs> or your friend or your mama or whoever that be lying to you. God literally says, if I give you this promise, it's going to happen. So when he told the disciples, let's cross and go to the other side, that was a promise. He, in other words, it was going to happen. That's why he would sleep at the bottom of the boat because he knew they was going to get to the other side despite whatever was going on around them. If you hold and focus to God's promises, you know those are going to happen. So whatever God has promised you and whatever this Bible tells you of his promises, they're going to happen because God cannot lie. Number four, focus on worship. Worship puts you in the present. When you're in worship, you cannot worry. Anxiety lives in the past and in the future. You cannot be anxious in the present. You can't be like, man, I'm really anxious because I'm just sitting here chilling. <laughs> in order for you to be anxious, you have to be either in the past or in the future. So when you worship, not only does it push you in the present, but it also puts you in the presence of the one who can give you peace with everything going on in your life. In Matthew, Jesus tells us not to worry. Uh, Matthew 6, 25, it says this that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to, and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And it goes on and on and on about how not to worry. And you got to understand God is going to take care of all that other stuff. And I would definitely encourage you if you are anxious and you need some help with decreasing your anxiety, 
go see a therapist. Playing them out there, therapy for black girls, um, therapy for black men, um, all these other different therapy directories out there. Go find you a therapist and get your healing. Last and finally, focus on the positive. In Philippians 4 and 9, I'm sorry, 4 and 8, Paul tells us what to keep our focus on. On one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If you focus on positive things, then you can put your faith in positive things. Like I said earlier, if you focus on negative things, you focus on the things that, that has happened to you. Um, you focus on events that haven't even happened yet because you're creating stories and events in your head that may or may not even happen. That puts you in a worry state, in a very anxious state. And you can't be your best self <laughs> if you're anxious. And I'm speaking from um, experience, right? I'm a person who has best-selling novels in my head because I have created stories um, of things that has never even happened. And even when that time has come, it's like, oh, that actually wasn't as bad as the story I created in my head. Moving forward, I have to release that and just ask God to help me through the, the anxiety that I'm experiencing. So I hope this was kind of helpful. <laughs> Not even kind of, I hope it was helpful in um, helping you to just discover like, hey, I don't have to focus on these things. If I focus on the things I can control and I focus on the one who controls everything, then everything's going to be okay. And this can be, you can put this into practice with your relationship with your partner, relationships with family and friends, and definitely with work stuff (laughs) and just life in general. And so I hope that this was helpful. And again, I dropped new episodes every Monday. Um, Feel free to check out the show notes. Um, Go take the quiz to figure out what your toxic trait is. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Go ahead and share this episode with your family and friends. Don't forget to take the quiz on my website to figure out which Beyonce song matches your toxic trait. Go ahead and check it out at d-revolution.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-B-E-L-U-T-I-O-N.com. Thanks and see you next time.